Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, happy Mother's Day, all the ladies. We love you so much. My wife, uh, I just, she told me no. Can I, I just walked down and, and listen, it's so cool when God is just doing things in this place and... Um, we got a prophetic heart here. We are a loud and rowdy church, so can you give God some praise real quick? Just, can we be loud and rowdy in here? That was okay. Like, can you be loud like UT just won a national championship? For some reason, we, we think like, you know, we go to all our other events and we're loud and rowdy, but we get to church and we're like, that's not holy, you know. The Bible was loud and rowdy, just, just to free you, okay? Um, I walked down, I looked, I looked at my wife and said, hey, you okay? And you good? And she's praying for people. She goes, yeah. She goes, is there something next? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm preaching. <laughs> she, she just meant like, you know, is there something else we're giving out or doing or just blessing? And uh, man, I, I love you so much, babe. Thanks for being so steady and just so amazing in my life. Come on, y'all give my, my wife a hand. She's an amazing mom of three. Uh, she, she had all three of our kids naturally and I left the house. And so it was kind of crazy. And, uh, now, I actually got to, to grab all my kids, of the first person to grab all three of my children, and so it was cool. But uh, we're going to jump into the Word. We're in a, a series uh, called Playlist. We're, it's a great series. We do series here. If you're new to our community, we do series, about four and five-part series, and uh, just around a theme or a thought. And um, so, obviously, uh, it's Mother's Day, and so I had to pick a title and uh, pick a song. And so, what better song than Kanye, Hey Mama? Come on. Hey, mama. And so here's some of the lyrics. I want to scream so loud for you because I'm so proud of you. Let me tell you what I'm about to do. Hey, mama. I know I act like a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school. I appreciate what you allowed for me. I just want to be, I want you, I just want you to be proud of me. Hey, mama. I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine. This is a little light of mine. I'm about to let it shine. I'm finna take you back to better times. I'm finna talk to you, my mama, all about my mama, if you don't mind. Come on. I'm so thankful for moms. Let me, let me say this too, because some of you out here right now are going, you know, well, I'm not a mom, and, 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 and Mother's Day sometimes is painful. Um, sometimes um, there's concerns. That many, many people have been trying to have children, maybe, maybe haven't been able to yet, or maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your mom, or maybe there's a strain there. And so a lot of times um, it's a tough day as well. Uh, but let me say this, when, when I say it every year at Mother's Day, um, God named Eve Eve before she ever had children. And, and the name Eve in Hebrew actually means mother of all the living. So, so, so you being a mother has nothing to do with the number of kids you have. It has to do with the design and the nature and the instinct and the creation of God inside of who you are and who he's called you to be. And so I love that fact that God has destined you and designed you to care for and nurture and love and produce and create. You have that as the Holy Spirit gives that to you. And so be encouraged today. If I say happy Mother's Day, I'm speaking to every lady in this house. Does that make sense? Hey, mama, we're going to jump in. Uh, and I want to look at um, uh, a verse in, in, uh, in Exodus. And, and it's, a, it's a great verse. I want to just talk about being a mom and how tough it is to be a mom, especially nowadays. Come on. Uh, back when I was growing up, you know, if you're 30 years and older, uh, there was no social media back when we were, we, you know, when my parents were raising us. You know, you could beat your kids and put them to bed hungry. It didn't matter. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you did, like there was no such thing as allergies. There was no such, it's like, you know, you got spanked, you got, you got whatever mom could find to hit you with. You know what I'm saying? Now there's social media. You can't do all that kind of stuff. It's like, don't do it, you know? And so uh, there's, it's just stressful and all the decisions and everybody's opinions and you should do this and you should do that or you shouldn't do this. And is it bottle fed or breastfed? Is it cloth diapers or regular diapers? Is it organic or regular? Is it gluten-free or gluten-sensitive? Is it lactose intolerant or lactose tolerant? Is it hyperallergenic or allergies to everything? Is it, you know, what is it? Like when we were growing up, there were no such thing as allergies. Just eat peanut butter and choke on it. You know, it's okay. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's fine. Give them some water. Shake it off. You know what I mean? I can't breathe, mom. It didn't matter. My mom didn't cut the crust off. Come on, somebody. We ate the ends of the bread. You, 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 come on. Thank God for the ends of the bread. I still eat the ends of the bread. I eat the skinny ones, but that's it. You know what I mean? The heel, if you're not familiar with the end, it's a heel. Uh, Spank or no spank. Public school, home school, private school, no school. Sports, no sports. Raising a genius, raising a normal child. Let them cry, carry them around. Vaccine, no vaccine. Come on, somebody. And just the stress of all of that. And so I think the underlying anxiety of it is like, am I doing it right? Am I, am I succeeding? Are they going to turn out okay? I don't know what to do. I, I'm inadequate. I don't know how to do this. And the problem is there's no instruction manuals. There's nothing that tells you how to do it. And, and, and you don't know if you succeeded until it's over. And so you're like, what do I do? And, and so really we have, to, we have to grow as we go. We have to continue to pursue God and grow as we go. And so this is what I want to do today. I'm going to give you 10 ways to make sure your kids turn out all right. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I want to talk to you about a season in the Bible where Satan tried to destroy a destiny, where where Satan tried to come at a a family and and had an assignment on a family to destroy this destiny. I'm going to look at Moses' life, and Satan actually uses a storm to stop the Savior of God's people. Satan's always using a storm to try to stop the Savior in your life. And so he'll throw a storm at you so you can't get to the other side or so that you can't see the Savior clearly. Jesus is in the boat, but they were afraid they were going to die. There's this storm. We're in Egypt. Pharaoh has come on the scene. It's a new Pharaoh. The Jews begin to multiply. Pharaoh gets scared of their successes, and he says, work them harder, work them harder, work them harder. And as they work harder and they have to grind harder, they actually multiply. They actually continue to grow. God's people, you will always have a Pharaoh to fight. There'll always be something in your life that you've got to fight. There'll always be something that the enemy's trying to throw at you. And we have to be resilient. It says that they, they got stronger as more was thrown at them. Resistance creates resilience. And so the reason that you're facing so much resistance right now in your life or in your parenting or whatever you're going through is because God's creating resilience inside of you. And there's something that the Holy Spirit is doing. And so there's sometimes we get in this resistance from the enemy and we get so down or discouraged. But I want you to know that you're getting resilient, you're getting stronger, and that as you fight the enemy, as you don't quit, as you fight, you get stronger and stronger. Pharaoh told uh, the midwives of the Jews that I want you to kill all the male babies, Like literally every firstborn baby boy I want you to kill. The midwives said, the Hebrew midwives said, well, when we get there to do that, the the Hebrew women push the kids out too quick. And so we can't do it in time. And so they they hide their babies. And then then Pharaoh gave his own people a decree and said, well, I want you, if you see a Hebrew baby boy, I want you to throw him in the Nile or you throw them in the Nile and you drown them. And this is, the, this is the scene that we're in, the season we're in right here. The first introduction we really get to Moses, to this child. And, and literally the whole point of the story is that an enemy is trying to destroy a destiny. And so 
Every one of your kids, every one of your families, every one of you individually has a destiny inside of you. And there's an enemy that wants to destroy that destiny. In Exodus 2, 1 through 3, and then in Hebrews 11, I'm going to read a couple passages and then give you several thoughts today. I think it'll help you. It says this. It says, and a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, uh, as, took, took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid him in the reeds by the river's bank. Hebrews eleven twenty three says it this way. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and that they were not afraid and that they were not afraid and that they were not afraid to disobey the king's commands. By faith, they were not afraid to disobey the king's commands. Just a title or a thought today or a theme is moments that matter, moments that matter. Let me pray for you real quick. Father, thank you so much for uh, just being enough in our, in our lack, for, for your love being plenty, that today, Lord, that we celebrate all the moms that are enough, that they, they have done so much. And Lord, we thank you for families in this place and that your love showers us today. We want to see you, Jesus. We want to see you more clearly so we can be like you. And uh, we want to know the Father in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Moments that matter. I mean, think about this story. Three months, this child, three months old, all the babies are being decreed to be killed. And, and this, this mom is in crisis. This Hebrew slave mother is in crisis in the middle of a nation. And God entrusts, she doesn't have any idea that, that she is going to be entrusted, that Moses is going to be used to save a nation, to redeem the curse of humanity, to bring the people out of bondage and to be the lineage of the Messiah. That None of that is known. It's just a slave mom in a hut trusted with Moses. God says, I trust you. She doesn't have all the answers. She doesn't have any clue of what to do. But God says, I trust you. You, I trust her. Her name was Jochebed. I just want to encourage you. Come on, moms. You might not, dads, mom, everybody, you might not have all the answers. You might feel like, man, I am just in a situation. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. You might be online going, that's me. I'm in this situation. I don't have all the answers. God trusts you. God trusts you. You don't have to have every answer. You don't have to have it all figured out. You've got the Holy Spirit, and here's this mom, and God trusts her. Do you know that every move of God was trusted to a mom first? Every single move that God ever did in the planet, you can look through the Bible and the different women that God trusted and the different ladies that he poured out his promise to, and, and God just saying to you, I've got a promise for you. I trust you. In, in, in the Bible, it says that as the women became pregnant, that, that literally she saw that there was something special about this child. There was literally something that she saw about him. And it says this in Hebrews, that she kept him hidden because she saw him. She saw something in him. She kept him hidden, and she was not afraid of the king's command. The very first moment that matters, very simple today if you're taking notes, faith moments matter. Faith moments matter. Like there was something that says by faith, she, she and her husband, they saw something in this child. They, by faith, they saw a destiny. They saw, like they saw that he was unusual. One translation says beautiful. Come on, babies ain't beautiful. I know, I know one beautiful baby. And, 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 or a few, I've seen maybe one or two beautiful ba babies. I'm just telling you, like, y'all laugh because you know it's true. And God like blinds the eyes of parents for like the, the time to bond. 
<laughs> there's like a, they're like, look at them. They're so beautiful. Like, and then when you meet the baby and it ain't beautiful, you're like some babies are ugly. Come on, somebody. And you meet them and you, what do you say? You're like, that's a baby. Wow. You don't, you don't, you can't say, oh, they're so pretty. You can't, oh, they're so beautiful. They're so handsome. You can't you just go, that's a baby. I'm helping y'all out. Next time you see an ugly baby, you just go, that's a baby. When my, when my son was born, my firstborn, like my wife had pushed for like seven hours or something. And he came out and like his head, he had a cone head, a full cone head. I wasn't prepared. I didn't, no one warned me for that. We did all the breathing, all the ice chips, all the, all the, all the time. We did everything. No one said he's going to look like a cone head from a TV show. Third rock from the sun. It's an old, I'm like, what? I, I'm literally, I start going, I said, not my baby, you know, inside of me. I'm like, what's going on? It's babies aren't beautiful. Something, she saw something other than just an external beauty. She literally by faith saw something on his life, saw a destiny, saw something inside of him that made her so bold that she said, I can disobey the decrees of the devil, the decrees of Pharaoh. I'm not scared. I'm going to by faith hide my child because there's destiny. This one faith moment led to the survival of a nation. Can I tell you that one faith moment in your life, one decision, one, one seeing something from God, you've got to get a vision from God for your kids, for your family, for your marriage, something from God. You go, okay, God, I can see something because when the enemy's coming at us, we've got to see something. And she has this faith moment. Here's, here, you can write this down. The secret of endurance in adversity is the ability to see destiny. The secret to endurance in, in adversity is the ability to see destiny. And I, I would have given up, like, if I hadn't seen some things. I, I wrote it this way. This will be on the screen. Divine revelation destroys demonic intimidation. So, so sometimes, so often, the enemy's wanting to intimidate your, your parenting, your kids. I know he's done that in my wife and I and our, our, our family. I mean, the enemy hates us. And he hates you, and he wants to intimidate. But divine revelation, when you, that's why you come in here. That's why you get into your word every day. That's why you get into the Bible so that something can jump off the pages at your heart and all of a sudden begin to ignite some type of vision, some type of revelation because you want to intimidate the intimidator and now you've got the word of God to do that with. Divine revelation. The devil cannot intimidate. There's destiny inside of your situation. You do not have to be afraid of the enemy coming to destroy your kids, your marriage, your family. And I know there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. And I think that we have to get revelation. Revelation destroys intimidation. I, I, I think often back to the test that I used to take in high school. I'm a terrible test taker. Any bad test takers in here? What about the time test? That was my, when they time it. And all your other friends are setting the pencil down before you're done. And you just hear the clink of pencils. And you're on page one. I'm sweating. I'm like, I hate you. Like, ah, I don't know. I just, I under pressure, like the test. But come on, somebody, what about the open book test? Yeah. yeah. Come on, I, will, I got swag in an open book test. I'm just like, what's up? I show up late to class on an open book test. You know why? Because I've got the answers from the author. I've got the author's mind. I've got the author's intent. That's divine revelation for you. That's boldness. That's answers from the author in the back of the book when the enemy's trying to intimidate your life. And I think that these kind of faith moments, when these open book test moments where God's saying, you know what? I've spoken into your life. You don't have to be afraid. You're not going to die. You shall live and declare the works of God. 
You're not going to be lonely forever. God sets the lonely into families. You, you shall be the head and not the tail. You're an overcomer, not a victim. Oh, man, come on, God's word. God's word. I, 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 told, I, I wasn't even going to share this. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest and vulnerable. The other day, I told my wife this, this morning. You know, I've been, I, I just, it, it's funny, like, just how God does stuff in your life. I was, I was reading through the Psalms, and there was something I was jealous about in my life. Come on, don't look at me like you're all holy. You got your little, little halos on. Take your halos off right now. I was jealous about something. And I, I flip into the Proverbs, and it says, jealousy is like cancer in the bones. You know, I, I, all of a sudden, I got this, this divine weapon from God. It, and, you know, conviction doesn't lead to condemnation. It leads to change. And so I got this word from God. And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm not jealous anymore. You're enough for me. I'm good. Take any, I don't want any of that in my bones. Right? I don't want healthy bones. I want strong bones. And I, and I think you need divine revelation so that you cannot be paralyzed, but you can paralyze the enemy. She's in crisis. She's commanded to kill the babies. All of them are supposed to die in the Nile. She's afraid. I'm sure she's discouraged. I'm sure there's a lots of things going through her mind. She's in a difficult situation. And, and, and she decides that, you know what? I've got a boldness to not be afraid, to hide my kid, to, to not be scared. I just want to speak boldness into your life. I don't know what the enemy's decreeing. Turn on the news, he's decreeing things. You can go to, go to school, go to work, he's decreeing things, conversation, social media. Everything around us is, is an enemy decreeing certain things so often. And I just want to speak boldness into your life that you do not have to fear the intimidation and the tactics of the enemy. Because you've got the author and you've got an open book test in this place. She decides boldly to hide her child. She gets something in her heart. You know what? She's just like, I'm not going to obey the world system. This is the system. This is a national crisis. I'm not going to obey it. What, she, what could she have done? She could have just sat there and said, you know what? I'll just wait for him to come take my kid and kill him. I'll wait for the soldiers to come to the door. But something in her heart decides, I, I, I'm not just going to listen to what the enemy says and what Pharaoh says, but I'm going to hide him for three months. Number two, hidden moments matter. Faith moments matter. Hidden moments matter. Do, do you know how hard it is to hide a three-month-old baby? You ever been on a plane? I wish they had a hidden baby compartment on the plane. Come on, somebody. I wish, I wish I could hide my kids on the plane sometimes. I wish you could hide your kids on the plane sometimes. I wish there was a special compartment to hide kids on the plane. You know what I'm talking about. And you're, on a, you're like, you see the baby coming. They sit right by you. I love babies, by the way. Disclaimer, I love babies. But on a plane in close proximity and that baby comes right by you, you're praying. You've never prayed in tongues more than seeing that baby come sit right by you. Like, oh God. <laughs> Some of you are like, What? <laughs> You pray with everything you got. You can't, you can't hide a baby, a three-month-old baby. I mean, here's this mom deciding to hide a baby. It couldn't have been easy. I mean, no, no, no play dates. No getting outside the house. Think about the, the planning and the decision and the tears and the sweat and the pain and the forethought and the insight to hide a three, day in and day out. He can't cry. Shh, Moses, shh. Soldiers, shh. They're looking for baby. Shh. All the, all the planning and all the strategy and everything it took to hide that child. No, no, no boy toys. No, no Thomas the Train. No, 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 no balloons at the mailbox. No social media posts about the beautiful child. Nothing. 
I mean, she's having to take this child, no veggie tails, no, I don't know. I mean, dolls everywhere. They're having to pretend it's a girl. You know what I mean? They, they can't, Moses is scarred. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy what this mom, her name is Jacobin, what she decided to do. I mean, as a mom, listen to me, sometimes you can feel hidden and I know it's not easy. I know my wife feels hidden at times. It's like, man, I'm doing this and this and I'm working and he's working and I come home and I still got to do this and this and this and he's going fishing. <laughs> Golfing. Thank you. And I'm doing this and this and no one sees it. I didn't get promoted for this and I didn't get promoted for that and I've got to do this and that and, and now I'm trying to make some food and do that and clean up this and make sure everyone's taken care of and make sure everybody can find everything and then the kids are yelling all day and the teens are, are screaming all day and the kids are crying and, 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 and then I'm making food and they're saying they don't like the food. We don't like this anymore. Come on, amen, somebody. And you're just trying to muster up enough love not to kill everybody. Yeah. It's okay. The, those, are, those are hidden moments. Those are hidden moments. Hidden moments are hard. Hidden moments aren't easy. When you're, when you're hiding your kids and they don't understand it, many times you don't understand hidden moments. God, I don't know why I'm in this hidden moment. I don't know why anybody doesn't see me. Do they see the tears? Do they know my prayers? Do they know my dreams? Do they know my heart? Do they know how much I pour out? Do they know how much I love them? Do my kids even appreciate it? Does my husband even appreciate it? Lord, does anybody, God, do you know? God, do you know everything in my heart? I feel hidden. God, why do these kids keep, misunderstanding my heart like why can't we watch that because you're hidden why can't we do what every other kid's doing because you're hidden why can't we read that why can't we talk like that why can't I wear that because daddy will kill somebody <laughs> we want him at home not in jail hidden moments are not easy guys I just want to tell you like maybe you feel hidden right now Maybe you feel like things are closing in around. You're like, no one sees. God sees. God sees. God sees. God sees. This woman's name, Jochebed, listen, listen what it means. Listen, listen. It means whose glory is Jehovah. You got to hear me. Her name means her glory is Jehovah. Your goal is to not make everybody happy. Your goal is to bring glory to Jehovah. Your goal is to bless and honor God. Your goal is to stay the course and keep believing and keep giving and keep sowing and keep pouring in. You know, my wife poured so much into my kids, they rebuke me now when I'm not acting like Jesus. They're like, that ain't Jesus. Like, That's your mom talking. <laughs> she kept honoring God and, and blessing God and pouring into our family. And, and, and as you do that, come on, many of you think that, that your kids' successes is your glory. Or your kids' grades is your glory. Or your kids not making you look stupid is your glory. Or your kids, your kids being, being the perfect family and perfect kid is your glory. No, 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 no. Your glory is Jehovah. Your glory is God. It's not how, how well or how bad you think you failed or what, what you did. God is saying to you that you are his glory and he is your glory. He made you. He loves you. And listen to me. A bad moment doesn't make a bad mama. A bad moment doesn't make a bad mama. Some of you feel like, man, I just messed up too much. No, God's glory 
is the crown of your life. And I just encourage you to keep sowing, keep giving, keep believing. The Bible says this, uh, number one, faith moments matter. Number two, uh, hidden moments matter. I know you might feel like you're hidden right now. God sees you. And this is important. She says that after, the Bible says after she could no longer hide him, she got a basket, made papyrus reeds, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. I mean, just let, we read these stories too fast. Her three-month-old child. Like, how do, you, how do you choose to part with your son like this? How do you, cho- how do you make this choice? Like, like, I don't know what to do, God. Like, God, there's something special about him, and I've got faith, and we feel like we've been hidden for three months, and I feel like no one notices, but now, God, I feel like I can't do this any longer. Like, what do I do, God? Have you ever got to a place where you feel like every choice is a bad choice? Like, what do I do? I don't have a choice. I don't know what to do. She gets to a moment. I'm going to make a basket. And I'm going to put him in it. I'm going to float him in the river. Alligator, crocodiles, snakes, war-torn nation, demonic pharaoh king with a decree to kill every boy. I'm going to have to put him in a basket. I don't have a choice. Can I say something to you? You always have a choice. Hope moments matter. Hope moments matter. The third moment that matters in a mom's life, in a dad's life, in a family's life is a hope moment. Come on. What got into her mind that she thinks that she can build a basket, stick her baby into it, and get ready to release that thing into a river called the Nile? It was hope. It was hope. Hope had come into her heart. And I want to encourage you today. You might feel like you've been hidden. You might feel like, man, I don't know, God, what what to do. But there can still be the choice of hope in your life and in my life. And I want you to know there's always a correlation. There's always a correlation between being hidden and hope. There's always a correlation. Think about it. Think about it. Law school. Hidden. With the hope to be a lawyer. Medical school, hidden with the hope to be a doctor. Honors role in school with the hope to get good grades for scholarships. Training day in and day out in sports, not doing the same things all the other friends are doing with the hope to be a national champion of some sort. Deciding to stay pure in a perverse generation with the hope of not getting diseases and actually having a drama-free marriage. A, a, A hope, hidden moments always equal hopeful moments. And, and so for you to be going through the hidden moments that you've been going through, hear me, it's, it's designed to create hope in you that if God got you through a hidden moment, he's not gonna let you go now because you are in a moment that he's got you through. He's gonna give you hope in this situation. He's gonna give you everything you need in the scenarios that you're facing in life. I think you've gotta understand God's not about to let you go. She makes this basket she floats this boy into the river and it looks insane. Come on, does it, would anybody be honest and go, that's insane? I'm gonna make a basket and put my baby in it. Do you know sometimes hope looks crazy? And I think we need people around us. We need friends around us that are gonna hope crazy with us. Not people that are gonna help us get our hopes down or help us not get our hopes up. We got plenty of people around us that it can help us not get our hopes up. You're the number one name on the list that doesn't get its hopes up because you don't trust God enough and you'd rather let yourself down before he does. 
And so when we trust God, we actually get our hopes up. We actually do crazy stuff. And I just want people around me and I want people around you. And I want to be a crazy pastor that'll just hope crazy with you and start a basket weaving class up in here. Come on, somebody. We got any basket weavers in here? I don't know what kind of basket you need to make today, but come on, there might be a basket that you need to start weaving and you need some friends around you and some people to go, you know what? I'll hope crazy with you. Well, look at him, that crazy. (laughs) Believing for that. I mean, the whole Bible is about hope crazy. And I I just think as as church people, as supernatural people, I don't want to just get my hopes down. I want to build up hope. And I'm here as your pastor. I hope I'm helping you today. If you're online, I just want to speak hope into your life. I'll build a basket with you. If everybody else is telling you you're crazy, I'll build a basket of hope with you. We'll circle up. We'll get a prayer. We'll get prayer. We'll get prayer going together. And we'll, we'll declare the word of God. And we'll declare... We'll declare hope into your situation. If you need hope today, could you just build a basket of praise real quick? I wish I had 15 people in here that would praise God like you believe that you could build some hope in this place. Lord, we love you. And the last one, and this is very, very simple, but just, but just real and probably the hardest thing. She had to let him go. Let go moments matter. Come on. Let go moments matter. She built the basket and she's hoping hidden moments lead to hopeful moments because I believe God's going to do something. And God, I know no one saw me in this scenario where I was hidden, but I know you saw me. I'm hoping that you saw and you bring promotion and you bring direction and you bring insight and you bring life and you bring revelation. God, I got confidence. I've got faith because I see something special in my life, in my church, in my family, in my friends, in my kids. I see it, God. And all of a sudden now you come to that moment where you just, you just have to let it go. She comes to the edge of the Nile And how easy would it have been to just get every last moment with that child that she could until the soldiers came? How easy would it have been to live with the familiar pain of knowing that they're coming to take her, but I'm going to get everything out of it for myself. I'm going to make sure I get to hold on to him as long as I can. And I know it's going to be painful. And I know the soldiers are coming, but I just can't let him go. How easy would that have been? How often do we live with the pain of the familiar instead of pursuing the purposes of God in the unknown? So often we would choose the pain of the familiar rather than pursuing the unknown purpose of God. That's why you keep going back to the same abusive relationship and the same immature decisions financially and the same pain that you've gone through that you've been so familiar with. You keep making those same decisions because you just won't let it go into God's hands. I know you don't know what that looks like, but it's better than the pain of this. And God's saying that there's this let go moment that matters so much and it's so hard to put it in God's hands. Come on, control is the contraceptive to God's calling on your life. And I I got control issues. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I'll just be honest. I like things the way I like them. Somebody told me the other day, we're building something at my house and Guido, your dad was helping me. He's like, oh, Annie says she knows you like it a certain way. She's like, the pastor likes it like this, you know? And we were laughing about, and my son wanted the towel bar on the other side, but I thought it was a dumb idea because the towel bar should have gone on the other side. And Guido's like, they want it on that side. I'm like, I know, but it's a dumb idea and it's bad. And like for seven times, I'm like, I can't believe he wants the towel bar on that side. And the Holy Spirit's going, you got control issues. Uh, don't look at anybody. I get to publicly expose myself for your benefit, okay? <laughs> Amen. Somebody clapped at that. I, I think that, 
that we want to control it. And that's a contraceptive to God's call. And if we can just let it go. I got one last story and I want to pray for you to be able to let it go. I don't know what moment you're in. I don't know if you're in a faith moment. Maybe you need faith to see something special. Maybe you've lost even seeing something special and the whole world's de- de coming at you and decreeing death over something. And you're going, you know what? I just need faith to see something special. Maybe you're in hiding. Maybe you know there's something special and you're just tired. You're hiding. You've been planning. You've been preparing. No one understands it. Your friends don't understand it. People don't understand it. Your kids, your family doesn't understand it. You don't understand it. God, do you see me? Maybe you're in that moment. Maybe you're in a, maybe you're in a hope moment. Like you just, you just need somebody to come along and hope crazy with you and build a basket. I know I've needed that in my life. Maybe you're in a let go moment right now. In high school, we were out on the river with my friend Jason Richards. His dad was a pastor. He was out there. We're climbing up a tree and swinging out on this giant rope swing. And it was a big rope and the knot tied in it was about that big. And it had been tied for years and it was, it was frayed underneath the knot. And you'd jump on the rope and you'd wrap your legs around the knot and you'd swing out. This thing was like 50 feet, man. You'd swing out and just let go into the river. Jason goes and he goes out and he's just, I see his face is lit up. It's like, whoa, he lets go. And as soon as he lets go, everything's great. But his foot got caught in the fray. And the minute that he began to fall, it flips him upside down. And he begins, he go, he's flying upside down. I remember it. It's so vivid in my mind. He drags through the water. It's shallow. He starts bumping into the shallows and slam. Thank God the water slowed him down enough or he probably would have died hitting that bank. And it slowed him down. And the water just slows him down. And he just slams up against the, the bank. And he's actually upside down in the water, gurgling. We run over to him and have to get his leg out of the fray of the rope and get him up out of the water. And he's like, oh, you saved my life. And and I think oftentimes we let go, but we keep our foot in the fray. You think you've let go? It's like, I've let go, God, but you got your foot in the fray of fear. You've got your foot playing around with the failures of the past and the the letdowns. And I wish I would have, or I wish I wouldn't have. And you're still thinking about yesterday, or you've got your foot in the intimidation of the enemy or the regrets. And God's just saying, would you just stay clear of the fray? Would you just stay clear of the frantic stuff? Would you just stay clear of the fear that the enemy's trying to throw at you and just let go and actually watch me do something in your life? Do you know that Jochebed got Moses back? She floated him, and then she got him back to nurse him. She nursed him from until he was about three or four years old. And the Bible says this, that when he was 40, 37 years later, when he was 40 years old, that it entered into his heart to go check on the Israelites. That Jochebed had poured so much into his life. Come on, moms, listen to me. What you're doing matters day in and day out. The day in and day out moments, the stuff no one sees, the stuff no one speaks to, the stuff no one cares about, the stuff they complain about. She put so much into his life in those three to four years that 37 years later, something in his heart rose up and said, I've got to check on God's people. Oh, come on, you're making a difference. You're making a difference. I want to pray for you today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for ladies in this house. Thank you for the Eves, the the mothers of all the living. Thank you for the creativity and the creation and the design and the and the help and the and the and the and the wisdom and the and the just the 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 heart of of your creation in women. Thank you for women leaders and the love that they give and share. Thank you for the creation that they carry. 
I pray today across this house, not just for ladies, but for everybody under the sound of my voice. If you're online, I pray for you right now. God, I pray for every moment that we're facing right now. Maybe there's a faith moment. Lord, I just speak faith into situations, something unusual into a marriage. I pray that someone would see the beauty and the design and destiny in a marriage or a family or in their kids. Someone that's written off a kid. Someone that's decided a kid's gone too far. Lord, that you would show them something special in that child today. That you would put faith into them and that the enemy couldn't intimidate because you would give them revelation about what their child's going to do, who their child is, what you've spoken and designed over their family and over their kid. I pray that you would speak into it boldly, God, so they'd have revelation to destroy intimidation from the enemy today. Or speak into jobs and finances this morning. Speak into single mothers' lives that are in here today trying to make it on their own, God, that they're not alone, that you set them in a family and that we're around them today to give them hope and to build baskets to float things, God. Lord, anyone in this place that's hidden, Lord, let them know that you see them today. Anyone in this place that needs hope, let them know that we're a people that'll hope crazy with them and build a basket. I pray, Lord, that you'd give them ideas of what type of baskets to build. Sometimes we don't even know where to start. Lord, help them. Help us design baskets to float the hope that we need. And then, Lord, anybody in this room, which I think might be all of us, let us let go and put it in your hands today. Give us supernatural ability by the Holy Spirit to let go of some things and to not get stuck in the fray any longer. If you're in this place, just for another second, no, no one looking around, heads bowed and eyes closed. The greatest thing that you could let go of is your own life and you could put it in Jesus' hands. The reality of all these moments only is possible because of what Jesus did on the cross. Do you know that God had to let go of Jesus for his plan to work? That God let go of his son, his one and only, for a plan to give you life and faith and eternity and a relationship with a heavenly father that's good? If you're in this place, I just want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to actually let go, to surrender your life into his hands. Maybe you've been trying to work it out on your own and you're, man, I just, I'm not getting where I want to get to. And maybe you feel like, man, all the pressure's on your shoulders. The beauty is that you can put it on Jesus' shoulders today. The Bible says that if you would surrender your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start in God. No one looking around, if that's you, if you'd say, you know what, I need a fresh start with God. I've tried to do it on my own, or I walked away from God, or I need to, I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time. If that's anybody in this room, under the sound of my voice, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you in a second to put your hand up. I want to include you in a prayer. If you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I, I need him to take control. I need him to give me faith. I need him to pay for my, my sins and my life. I want him to lead my life. If you need a fresh start, would you just put your hand up to me right now? Pray for me, Pastor. God bless you. Come on, thank you for your boldness. Anybody else, put it up boldly. Let me pray for you. I need a fresh start with God. Awesome. If you're online, would you just type in the chat, I need a fresh start. We'd love to pray with you and get a resource into your hand. I'm gonna pray a prayer. Would you just pray with me right now? Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us and dying for us on that tree. We believe in you today. We believe that you rose from the dead. We believe that you took all of our sin and our shame and our guilt and that you took care of it. You removed it past, present, and future. Lord, we don't have to get stuck in the fray of sin and doubt and fear. Lord, you are our leader. We give you the lordship of our life today. We believe that you are God, Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill my heart and give me a brand new, fresh start in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. I love y'all so much. We love you, moms. Have an awesome day.
Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.